What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. The NBA has seen its regular season viewership decline over the last several decades, and players are routinely conducting load management to sit out games throughout the season. So the NBA recently announced the addition of a new in-season tournament, and today's podcast examines why its timing is so critical to the league's new media rights deal. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and let's get right into it. The NBA regular season runs from October to April, with each team playing 82 games. These players take anywhere between 50 to 100 flights per year, depending on the team's schedule, and most teams fly an average of 40,000 plus miles while they play three games each week throughout the duration of the season. The NBA season is a grind, plain and simple. This is why so many players intentionally decide to schedule rest days throughout the season. You can call it load management, you can call it rest, you can call it soreness. I don't really care what you call it. We all know what it is. NBA players are taking scheduled rest days to ensure they are healthy for a playoff push at the end of each NBA regular season. And this isn't even always playoff teams, right? Sometimes it's just star players who want to make sure they don't break down throughout the duration of the season and they get scheduled rest days as a result. For example, NBA All-Stars LeBron James Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, Kawhi Leonard, and Kyrie Irving all missed at least 10% of their team's games last season. Now, this sucks for people that pay to go to the games, of course, but it has also slowly eroded away at the importance of the NBA regular season, with playoff basketball now averaging 244% more viewers than your average regular season game. So if you look at last year's numbers, for instance, the regular season in the NBA on cable television had 1.59 million average viewers, the big regular season games on cable. The playoffs were at 5.47 million. So again, regular season, 1.59 million average viewers. The playoffs at 5.47 million average viewers. Now, of course, the playoffs are more important. The games matter. You're going to get more viewers. But the regular season has become less important than it ever has. Part of that is the length of the season. Part of that is the load management that we've seen in primetime games. There's a bunch of different factors that go into this. Now, the NBA tried to reverse this trend by implementing a new set of rules that essentially said, and I'm paraphrasing here, it said that teams are prohibited from resting healthy players for high-profile nationally televised games. So you can't rest high-profile players during nationally televised games. Number two, they said teams should not rest multiple healthy players for the same game. So if you're going to arrest one person, you shouldn't arrest the second all-star. Number three, the NBA says that teams should not rest healthy players when playing on the road. So if you're going to arrest a player, it has to be at home. It cannot be for a nationally televised game, and you cannot rest multiple healthy players at the same time. Makes sense, right? Well, the problem is that there's no specific punishment for this. It's basically saying, hey, don't do this. But there's been fines and stuff like that, but the teams don't really care. They don't really care because they can categorize this as undiscoverable injuries like calf tightness or a back strain or something like that, right? A mental health break, whatever you want to call it. Teams have done this in the past where they say, no, this person is actually hurt. They're injured. We don't want them to play tonight. And there's virtually no way for the NBA to discover whether they're telling the truth or not. So what do we have now? Now we have a new solution from the NBA. I'm talking about the mid-season tournament between all 30 teams that the NBA just launched. 
The NBA in-season tournament is a new annual competition that kicks off this coming season in 2023-2024. All 30 NBA teams will compete in group play starting on November 3rd. Eight teams will then move on to the knockout rounds, quarterfinals, semifinals, and the championship will take place on December 9th. So if you look at that, right, it starts on November 3rd, goes to December 9th. It's more than a month-long in-season tournament. This isn't preseason. This isn't postseason. In the middle of the season, they're going to have a month-long tournament with all 30 NBA teams. Now, the group play and quarterfinal games will be played at home NBA arenas, just like a typical NBA regular season game. But the semifinals and the championship will be held at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. So again, group play starts on November 3rd. It goes till November 28th. So almost a month straight of just that alone. Then we have the quarterfinals starting on December 4th, going into December 5th. The semifinals are two days later on December 7th. And the championship game is two days after that on December 9th in Las Vegas. And while it might sound ironic that the NBA wants to fix load management by adding more games to the schedule, there are a few important caveats to remember here. First, all of these games, except for the championship, all of these games, again, except for the championship, count toward the regular season. So teams aren't playing additional games per se. These games are just what we'll call different. And secondly, the NBA has put together a huge prize pool that guarantees every player that makes it out of the group stage a check between $50,000 and $500,000. For example, if you make it out of the group stage but you lose as a quarterfinalist, every player on that team is getting a check for $50,000. If you make it to the semifinals but lose in that round, every player on that team is getting a check for $100,000. If you make it to the championship game but lose every player on that team is getting a check for $200,000. And if you win the tournament, the mid-season tournament, in-season tournament, every single player on the championship team is going to get a check from the NBA for $500,000. All right, everyone, quick interruption from today's episode to talk about the sponsor of this podcast, ButcherBox. I've been ordering from ButcherBox for a few years now, and it's the single best solution I've found to save time while guaranteeing the quality of your food. Everyone probably knows what ButcherBox is, but they deliver 100% grass-fed, grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, humanely raised pork, and wild-caught seafood directly to your doorstep. It's literally that easy, and it tastes incredible. So ditch the butcher lines today and guarantee the freshness of your meat with ButcherBox. And here's the best part. If you sign up today, ButcherBox is offering all of my listeners two pounds of ground beef for free every time they order over the next year. Let me say that again. Two pounds of ground beef every time you order over the next year, you get for free. So go to butcherbox.com slash Joe Pomp and use code Joe Pomp, all caps, Joe Pomp at checkout to get that discount today. I'm not convinced that this is going to work the way the NBA wants it to work. That's because the 50 best NBA players make over $30 million annual. All 50 of them, the top 50 highest paid players in the NBA make $30 million plus annually. Some of these are $40, $50 million a year. So a fifty dollars to $500,000 check, I don't care if you make it out to the quarterfinals or if you win the damn thing. fifty dollars to $500,000 to the best players in the world is not nearly as enticing when you're getting paid that every two weeks regardless, right? So if you just take the top 50, we'll do the math right here together. $30 million annually comes out to, if you divide it by two for taxes, we'll say $15,000. Then you divide it by 24, two checks every two weeks. That's $625,000 
per check these players are getting. So even if you make it all the way through, you beat all the other teams, you win the championship as the best team in the in-season tournament, the best players in the world would be getting less than the check that they get every two weeks. So again, $50,000, $100,000, $500,000 is a lot of money to me. It's probably a lot of money to you. It's a lot of money to a lot of people. But to the best players in the world, it doesn't move the needle like many people would expect it to. But secondly, many people want to compare this tournament to the popular in-season soccer tournaments like the FA Cup or the UEFA Champions League. But there's one key difference in my mind. Those tournaments work so well in Europe because they put the best teams against each other from different leagues around the world. Not only do these teams not traditionally play each other, but you're creating the opportunity for David versus Goliath type matchups, which won't happen in the NBA for obvious reasons. These are teams that play each other every single year. They play each other every single month. They face off all the time. These rivalries are nothing new. They're the same teams. They're the same players. You're not bringing in teams from Europe. You're not bringing in teams from other countries. Same NBA teams, same NBA players. It's completely different than the FA Cup, completely different than the Champions League, completely different than virtually every other in-season soccer tournament that's popular today for that one specific reason. Instead, I think the NBA is trying to solve two other problems. One, they very clearly want to make the NBA regular season games more meaningful. And two, they want to create an additional media property for broadcast partners. So let me go through these one by one and I'll explain them for you. The first one is pretty self-explanatory. I'm talking about making the NBA season more meaningful. That's because the tournament doesn't have to be amazing to be better than a random Tuesday matchup between two bottom tier NBA teams, right? Like it's just going to be a better game. There's going to be promotion behind it. The media partners are going to care about the inaugural event more. The viewership should be pretty solid. And people are just going to care more about this tournament than they do a random matchup on a Tuesday night in November or December for two bad regular season teams. That's just a fact. And I think that's a good thing for the NBA. That's what they want. And that's going to be the case in my opinion. But that leads me to my second point. The NBA wants to create an additional media property out of this. We all know the NBA is currently negotiating its next media rights deal. The rumor is that the league is looking to get $5 billion to $8.3 billion per year, which would equate to a nine-year, $45 billion to $75 billion deal. Now, to put into context how big that actually is, the NBA currently gets $2.6 billion per year. So if they get $5 billion to $8 billion, that's two to three times their current media rights deal, which would be an amazing return. But the type of media partner is almost as important as the money at this point. That's because the NBA's media deal right now is actually pretty standard. Again, they get $2.66 billion a year from Disney and Warner Brothers Discovery. Now, the money isn't standard. That's a hell of a lot of money. The NBA is massive. They make a ton of money. That's no secret. But with the NBA's next media deal expected to run into the 2030s and millions of cable customers expected to churn during that time, a streaming partner or two is paramount. Take the NFL, for example. Roger Goodell recently signed media rights deals with six different companies that are worth more than $110 billion in total. Again, the NFL signed six different media deals worth more than $110 billion in total. What the NFL did is really smart. They split up the games into packages. This isn't necessarily new, but let me explain. So they have Sunday afternoon, right? They sold those games. Then they have Sunday night. They sold those games. They have Monday night. They sold those games. They have Thursday night. They sold those games. 
Then they also have inventory that was reserved for Amazon with Thursday Night Football, Peacock, who got some playoff games, and YouTube TV with Sunday Ticket, right? So they took their inventory and they chopped it up into a bunch of different pieces, and then they spread it out to a bunch of different counterparties. So they don't just have one or two broadcast partners that they're working with who can't afford $110 billion worth of media rights deals. So again, they gathered everything up, they chopped it up, and they split out the inventory to a bunch of different partners. Not only did that make the NFL a lot more money by splitting up the inventory, it reduces the risk associated with the decline of cable television. For example, they have Amazon, they have Peacock, they have YouTube TV, they could do a deal with Apple. When these media rights come up over the next decade, they're going to have the experience, they're going to have the relationships, Amazon, Peacock, YouTube TV, all these people are going to have it all figured out. The NFL will be in a prime position to capitalize on whatever the networks are still willing to pay to keep their cable business afloat, but also the streamers are going to be carrying cash and the NFL is going to be right there to be collecting it. And my guess is that the NBA wants to do something very similar. So yes, they'll probably end up selling more than $50 million in sponsorships for the tournament this year. Everything from a naming rights partner to potentially naming or sponsoring the championship trophy, et cetera, et cetera. But the most beneficial outcome for the NBA is that they are able to include this tournament as part of their next media rights package, which will most likely include a combination of ESPN, ABC, TNT, Fox, NBC, Apple, and or Amazon. So while many people are inevitably going to complain about this tournament, saying the quality of play isn't there, the players don't care. It doesn't matter. The NBA just created another multi-billion dollar property out of thin air, and that's what everyone should be paying attention to. That's it for today. Thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. Please do me a favor and share it with a friend or two. Have a great day, and we'll talk on Friday.